Act Four of There Are Crimes and Crimes by August Strindberg. Translated by Edwin Bjorkman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four. First Scene. In the Luxembourg Gardens, at the group of Adam and Eve. The wind is shaking the trees and stirring up dead leaves straws and pieces of paper from the ground maurice and henriette are seated on a bench so you don't want to die no i'm afraid i imagine that i'm going to be very cold down there in the grave with only a sheet to cover me and a few shavings to lie on and besides that it seems to me as if there were still some task waiting for me but i cannot make out what it is but i can guess what it is tell me it is revenge you like me must have suspected jean and emile of sending the detectives after me yesterday such a revenge on a rival none but a woman could devise exactly what i was thinking but let me tell you that my suspicions go even further it seems as if my sufferings during these last few days has sharpened my wits can you explain for instance why the waiter from the auberge des Adres and the head waiter from the pavilion were not called to testify at the hearing i never thought of it before but now i know why they had nothing to tell, because they had not been listening. But how could the commissaire then know what we had been saying? He didn't know, but he figured it out. He was guessing, and he guessed right. Perhaps he had had to deal with some similar case before. Or else he concluded from our looks what we had been saying. There are those who can read other people's thoughts, Adolf being the dupe. It seemed quite natural that we should have called him an ass. It's the rule, I understand, although it's varied at times by the use of idiot instead. But ass was nearer at hand in this case, as we have been talking of carriages and triumphal chariots. It's quite simple to figure out a fourth fact when you have three known ones to start from. Just think that we have let ourselves be taken in so completely. That's the result of thinking too well of one's fellow beings. This is all you get out of it. But do you know, I suspect somebody else back of the commissaire, who, by the by, must be a full-fledged scoundrel. You mean the abbe? who is taking the part of a private detective. That's what I mean. That man has to receive all kinds of confessions. And note you, Adolf himself told us he had been at the Church of St. Germain that morning. What was he doing there? He was blabbing, of course, and bewailing his fate. And then the priest put the questions together for the commissaire. Tell me something. Do you trust Adolf? I trust no human being any longer. Not even Adolf? Him least of all. How could I trust an enemy? a man from whom I have taken away his mistress. Well, as you were the first one to speak of this, I'll give you some data about our friend. You heard he had returned that medal from London. Do you know his reason for doing so? No. He thinks himself unworthy of it, and he has taken a penitential vow never to receive any kind of distinction. Can that be possible? But what has he done? He has committed a crime of the kind that is not punishable under the law. That's what he gave to me to understand indirectly. He, too? He, the best of all, the model man, who never speaks a hard word of anybody and who forgives everything? Well, there you can see that we are no worse than others, and yet we are being hounded day and night as if devils were after us. He also. Then mankind has not been slandered. But if he has been capable of one crime, then you may expect anything of him. Perhaps it was he who sent the police after you yesterday. Coming to think of it now, it was he who sneaked away from us when he saw that we were in the papers, and he lied when he insisted that those fellows were not detectives. But, of course, 
you may expect anything from a deceived lover. Could he be as mean as that? No, it is impossible. Impossible. Why so? If he is a scoundrel, what were you two talking of yesterday, before I came? He had nothing but good to say of you. That's a lie. Henriette, controlling herself and changing her tone, listen. There is one person on whom you have cast no suspicion whatever. For what reason, I don't know. Have you thought of Madame Catherine's wavering attitude in this matter? Didn't she say finally that she believed you capable of anything? Yes, she did, and that shows what kind of person she is. To think evil of other people without reason. You must be a villain yourself. Henriette looks hard at him. Pause. To think evil of others. You must be a villain yourself. What do you mean? What I said. Do you mean that I— Yes, that's what I mean now. Look here, did you meet anybody but Marion when you called there yesterday morning? Why do you ask? Guess. Well, as you seem to know, I met Jean, too. Why did you lie to me? I wanted to spare you. And now you want me to believe in one who has been lying to me? No, my boy, now I believe you guilty of that murder. Wait a moment. We have now reached the place for which my thoughts have been heading all the time, though I resisted as long as possible. It's queer that what lies next to one is seen last of all, and what one doesn't want to believe cannot be believed. Tell me something. Where did you go yesterday morning, after we parted in the bois? Henriette, alarmed. Why? You went either to Adolf, which you couldn't do, as he was attending a lesson, or you went to Marion. Now I am convinced that you are the murderer. And I that you are the murderess. You alone had an interest in getting the child out of the way, to get rid of the rock on the road, as you so aptly put it. It was you who said that. And the one who had an interest in it must have committed the crime. Now, Maurice, we have been running around and around in this treadmill, scourging each other. Let us quit before we get to the point of sheer madness. You have reached that point already. Don't you think it's time for us to part, before we drive each other insane? Yes, I think so. Henriette, rising. Goodbye, then. Two men in civilian clothes become visible in the background. Henriette turns and comes back to Maurice. There they are again. The dark angels that want to drive us out of the garden. And force us back upon each other as if we were chained together. Or as if we were condemned to lifelong marriage. Are we really to marry? To settle down in the same place? To be able to close the door behind us and perhaps get peace at last? And shut ourselves up in order to torture each other to death? Get behind locks and bolts with a ghost for marriage portion? You torturing me with the memory of Adolf, and I getting back at you with Jean and Marion. Never mention the name of Marion again. Don't you know that she was to be buried today? At this very moment, perhaps. And you are not there. What does that mean? It means that both Jean and the police have warned me against the rage of the people. A coward, too. All the vices. How could you have ever cared for me? Because two days ago you were another person, well worthy of being loved. And now sunk to such a depth. It isn't that. But you are beginning to flaunt bad qualities which are not your own. But yours? Perhaps. For when you appear a little worse, I feel myself at once a little better. It's like passing on a disease to save one's self-respect. And how vulgar you have become, too. Yes, I notice it myself, and I hardly recognize myself since that night in the cell. They put in one person and let out another through that gate, which separates us from the rest of society. And now I feel myself the enemy of all mankind. I should like to set fire to the earth and dry up the oceans, for nothing less than a universal conflagration can wipe out my dishonor. I had a letter from my mother today. She is the widow of a major in the army, 
well-educated, with old-fashioned ideas of honor, and that kind of thing. Do you want to read the letter? No, you don't. Do you know that I am an outcast? My respectable acquaintances will have nothing to do with me, and if I show myself on the streets alone, the police will take me. Do you realize now that we have to get married? We despise each other, and yet we have to marry. That is hell, pure and simple. But, Henriette, before we unite our destinies, you must tell me your secret, so that we may be on more equal terms. All right. I'll tell you. I had a friend who got into trouble. You understand. I wanted to help her, as her whole future was at stake. And she died. That was reckless, but one might almost call it noble, too. You say so now, but the next time you lose your temper you will accuse me of it. No, I won't. But I cannot deny that it has shaken my faith in you, and it makes me afraid of you. Tell me, is her lover still alive, and does he know to what extent you were responsible? He was as guilty as I. And if his conscience should begin to trouble him, such things do happen, and if he should feel inclined to confess, then you would be lost. I know it and it is this constant dread which has made me rush from one dissipation to another, so that I should never have time to wake up to full consciousness. And now you want me to take my marriage portion out of your dread? That's asking a little too much. But when I shared the shame of Maurice the murderer— Oh, let's come to an end with it. No, the end is not yet, and I will not let go my hold until I have put you where you belong, for you can't go around thinking yourself better than I am. So you want to fight me, then? All right, as you please. A fight on life and death. The rolling of drums is heard in the distance. The garden is to be closed. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And the Lord God said unto the woman, A guard, in uniform, speaking very politely, Sorry, but the garden has to be closed. Curtain. Second scene. The cremery. Madame Catherine is sitting at the counter, making entries into an account book. Adolphe and Henriette are seated at a table. Adolphe, calmly and kindly. But if I give you my final assurance that I didn't run away, but that, on the contrary, I thought you had played me false, this ought to convince you. But why did you fool us by saying that those fellows were not policemen? I didn't think myself that they were, and then I wanted to reassure you. When you say it, I believe you. But then you must also believe me, if I reveal my innermost thoughts to you. Go on. But you mustn't come back with your usual talk of fancies and delusions. You seem to have a reason to fear that I may. I fear nothing. But I know you and your skepticism. Well, and then you mustn't tell this to anybody. Promise me. I promise. Now think of it, although I must say it's something terrible. I have partial evidence that Maurice is guilty. Or at least I have reasonable suspicions. You don't mean it. Listen, and judge for yourself. When Maurice left me in the Bois, he said he was going to see Marion alone, as the mother was out, and now I have discovered afterward that he did meet the mother, so that he has been lying to me. That's possible, and his motive for doing so may have been the best, but how can anybody conclude from it that he is guilty of a murder? Can't you see that? Don't you understand? Not at all. Because you don't want to. Then there is nothing left for me but to report him, and we'll see whether he can prove an alibi. Henriette, let me tell you the grim truth. You, like he, have reached the borderline of insanity. The demons of distrust have got hold of you, and each of you is using his own sense of partial guilt to wound the other with. Let me see if I can make a straight guess. He has also come to suspect you of killing his child. 
Yes, he's mad enough to do so. You call his suspicions mad, but not your own. You have first to prove the contrary, or that I suspect him unjustly. Yes, that's easy. A new autopsy has proved that Marion died of a well-known disease, the queer name of which I cannot recall just now. Is it true? The official report is printed in today's paper. I don't take any stock in it. They can make up that kind of thing. Beware, Henriette. Or you may, without knowing it, pass across that borderline. Beware especially of throwing out accusations that may put you into prison. Beware. He places his hand on her head. You hate Maurice? Beyond all bounds. When love turns into hatred, it means that it was tainted from the start. Henriette, in a quieter mood. What am I to do? Tell me, you who are the only one that understands me. But you don't want any sermons. Have you nothing else to offer me? Nothing else. But they have helped me. Preach away, then. Try to turn your hatred against yourself. Put the knife to the evil spot in yourself, for it is there that your trouble roots. Explain yourself. Part from Maurice, first of all so that you cannot nurse your qualms of conscience together. Break off your career as an artist, for the only thing that led you into it was a craving for freedom and fun, as they call it, and you have seen now how much fun there is in it. Then go home to your mother. Never! Some other place, then. I suppose you know, Adolf, that I have guessed your secret, and why you wouldn't accept the prize. Oh, I assumed that you would understand a half-told story. Well, what did you do to get peace? What I have suggested. I became conscious of my guilt, repented, decided to turn over a new leaf, and arrange my life like that of a penitent. How can you repent, when like me you have no conscience? Is repentance an act of grace bestowed on you as faith is? Everything is a grace, but it isn't granted unless you seek it. Seek. Henriette remains silent. But don't wait beyond the allotted time, or you may harden yourself until you tumble down into the irretrievable. Henriette, after a pause, his conscience fear of punishment. No, it is the horror inspired in our better selves by the misdeeds of our lower selves. Then I must have a conscience also. Of course you have, but— Tell me, Adolf, are you what they call religious? Not the least bit. It's all so queer. What is religion? Frankly speaking, I don't know. And I don't think anybody else can tell you. Sometimes it appears to me like a punishment, for nobody becomes religious without having a bad conscience. Yes, it is a punishment. Now I know what to do. Goodbye, Adolf. You'll go away from here? Yes, I am going, to where you said. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, Madam Catherine. Have you to go in such a hurry? Yes. Do you want me to go with you? No, it wouldn't do. I am going alone, alone as I came here, one day in spring, thinking that I belonged where I don't belong, and believing there was something called freedom, which does not exist. Goodbye. Goes out. I hope that lady never comes back, and I wish she had never come here at all. Who knows but that she may have had some mission to fill here, and at any rate she deserves pity endless pity i don't deny it for all of us deserve that and she has even done less wrong than the rest of us that's possible but not probable
You are always so severe, Madame Catherine. Tell me, have you never done anything wrong? Madame Catherine, startled. <laughs> of course, as I am a sinful human creature. But if you had been on thin ice and fallen in, you have a right to tell others to keep away. And you may do so without being held severe or uncharitable. Didn't I say to Monsieur Maurice the moment that lady entered here, Look out, keep away! And he didn't. And so he fell in, just like a naughty, self-willed child. And when a man acts like that, he has to have a spanking, like any disobedient youngster. Well, hasn't he had his spanking? Yes. But it does not seem to have been enough, as he is still going round complaining. That's a very popular interpretation of the whole intricate question. Oh, Pish, you do nothing but philosophize about your vices, and while you are still at it, the police come along and solve the riddle. Now please leave me alone with my accounts. There's Maurice now. Yes, God bless him. Maurice enters, his face very flushed, and takes a seat near Adolphe. Good evening. Madame Catherine nods and goes on figuring. Well, how's everything with you? Oh, beginning to clear up. Adolphe hands him a newspaper, which Maurice does not take. So you have read the paper? No, I don't read the papers any longer. There's nothing but infamies in them. But you had better read it first. No, I won't. It's nothing but lies. But listen, I have found a new clue. Can you guess who committed that murder? Nobody, nobody. Do you know where Henriette was during that quarter hour when the child was left alone? She was there, and it was she who has done it. You are crazy, man. Not I, but Henriette is crazy. She suspects me and has threatened to report me. Henriette was here a while ago, and she used the self-same words as you. Both of you are crazy, for it has been proved by a second autopsy that the child died from a well-known disease, the name of which I have forgotten. It isn't true. That's what she said also, but the official report is printed in the paper. A report? Then they have made it up. And that's also what she said. The two of you are suffering from the same mental trouble. But with her I got far enough to make her realize her own condition. Where did she go? She went far away from here to begin a new life. Mm-hmm. Did you go to the funeral? I did. Well? Well, Jean seemed resigned and didn't have a hard word to say about you. She is a good woman. Why did you desert her, then? Because I was crazy, blown up with pride especially, and then we had been drinking champagne. Can you understand now why Jean wept when you drank champagne? Yes, I understand now, and for that reason I have already written to her and asked her to forgive me. Do you think she will forgive me? I think so, for it's not like her to hate anybody. Do you think she will forgive me completely, so that she will come back to me? Well, I don't know about that. You have shown yourself so poor in keeping faith that it is doubtful whether she will trust her fate to you any longer. But I can feel that her fondness for me has not ceased, and I know she will come back to me. How can you know that? How can you believe it? Didn't you even suspect her, and that decent brother of hers, of having sent the police after Henriette out of revenge? But I don't believe it any longer. That is to say, I guess that fellow Emile is a pretty slick customer. Now look here. 
what are you saying of monsieur emile of course he is nothing but a workman but if everybody kept as straight as he there is no flaw in him but a lot of sense and tact emile enters monsieur gerard that's me pardon me but i have something to say to you in private go right on we're all friends here the abbe enters and sits down emile with a glance at the abbe uh, perhaps after never mind the abbe is also a friend although he and i differ you know who i am monsieur gerard my sister has asked me to give you this package as an answer to your letter maurice takes the package and opens it and now i have only to add seeing as i am in a way my sister's guardian that on her behalf as well as my own i acknowledge you free of all obligations now that the natural tie between you does not exist any longer but you must have a grudge against me must i i can't see why on the other hand i should like to have a declaration from you here in the presence of your friends that you don't think either me or my sister capable of such a meanness as to send the police after mademoiselle henriette i wish to take back what i said and i offer you my apology if you will accept it it is accepted and i wish all of you a good evening goes out good evening. good evening the tie and the gloves which jean gave me for the opening night of my play in which i let henrietta throw into the fireplace who could have picked them up everything is dug up everything comes back and when she gave them to me in the cemetery she said she wanted me to look fine and handsome so that other people would like me also and she herself stayed at home this hurt her too deeply and well it might I have no right to keep company with decent human beings. Oh, have I done this? Scoffed at a gift coming from a good heart? Scorned a sacrifice offered to my own welfare? This is what I threw away in order to get a laurel that is lying on the rubbish heap and a bust that would have belonged in the pillory. Abby, now I come over to you. Welcome. Give me the word that I need. Do you expect me to contradict your self-accusations and inform you that you have done nothing wrong? speak the right word with your leave i'll say then that i have found your behaviour just as abominable as you have found it yourself what can i do what can i do to get out of this you know as well as i do no i only know that i am lost that my life is spoiled my career cut off my reputation in this world ruined forever and so you are looking for a new existence in some better world which you are now beginning to believe in yes that's it you have been living in the flesh and you want now to live in the spirit are you then so sure that this world has no more attractions for you none whatever honour is a phantom gold nothing but dry leaves women mere intoxicants let me hide myself behind your consecrated walls and forget this horrible dream that has filled two days and lasted two eternities all right but this is not the place to go into the matter more closely let us make an appointment for this evening at nine o'clock in the church of Saint-Germain, for I am going to preach to the inmates of Saint-Lazare, and that may be your first step along the hard road of penitence. Penitence? Well, didn't you wish? Yes, yes. Then we have vigils between midnight and two o'clock. That will be splendid. 
give me your hand that you will not look back maurice rising holds out his hand here is my hand and my will goes with it servant girl enters from the kitchen a telephone call for monsieur maurice from whom from the theatre maurice tries to get away but the abbe holds on to his hand abbe to the servant girl find out what it is they want to know if monsieur maurice is going to attend the performance tonight abbe to maurice who is trying to get away no i won't let you go what performance is that why don't you read the paper he hasn't read the paper it's all lies and slander to the servant girl tell them that i am engaged for this evening i am going to church the servant girl goes out into the kitchen as you don't want to read the paper i shall have to tell you that your play has been put on again now when you are exonerated and your literary friends have planned a demonstration for this evening in recognition of your indisputable talent it isn't true it is true maurice after a pause i have not deserved it good and furthermore maurice maurice hiding his face in his hands furthermore one hundred thousand francs do you see now that they have come back to you and the villa outside the city everything is coming back except mademoiselle henriette abbe smiling you ought to take this matter a little more seriously madame catherine oh, i cannot i just cannot keep serious any longer <laughs> She breaks into open laughter, which she vainly tries to smother with her handkerchief. Say, Maurice, the play begins at eight. But the church services are at nine. Maurice. Let us hear what the end is going to be, Monsieur Maurice. Maurice drops his head on the table, in his arms. Loose him, Abbe. No, it is not for me to loose or bind. He must do that himself. Maurice, rising. Well, I go with the Abbe no my young friend i have nothing to give you but a scolding which you can give yourself and you owe a duty to yourself and to your good name that you have got through with this as quickly as you have is to me a sign that you have suffered your punishment as intensely as if it had lasted an eternity and when providence absolves you there is nothing for me to add but why did the punishment have to be so hard when i was innocent hard only two days and you were not innocent for we have to stand responsible for our thoughts and words and desires also and in your thought you became a murderer when your evil self wished the life out of your child you are right but my decision is made to-night i will meet you at the church in order to have a reckoning with myself but to-morrow evening i go to the theatre a good solution monsieur maurice yes that is the solution Yes, so it is. Curtain. End of Act Four. End of There Are Crimes and Crimes by August Strindberg. Translated by Edwin Bjorkman.